Hey guys, welcome to episode 13 of Prospect Barn. I'm Curtis Ratner. How are we doing, guys? Uh, happy holidays. I'm Jeff Leifert. We're going to be getting ready, previewing the World Junior Tournament today, which uh, I'm very excited for. One of my favorite times of the year. Uh, I might as well get right into it, Jeff. Uh, I know this is going to be a great tournament. It's going to be interesting seeing the tournament start before the NHL started up. It's going to be a completely weird and different type of feel. But uh, I, I like it. I'm just ready to get hockey back. Obviously, we've had NCAA hockey back for a few weeks now, but uh, it's hard to find TV coverage of that. You can do it, but it's not easy. World Juniors, every game, NHL Network, it's going to be awesome to get the World Juniors back. It's going to be awesome to have hockey back. And even though there's no fans, I'm sure it'll still be just as exciting as ever. Yeah, I'm super stoked for uh, the World Juniors this year. Uh, yeah, even though, like you said, no fans and it's a little weird uh, with COVID going on. Uh, but it's going to be a great tournament. It's always, the kids are always trying their hardest just because they want to make NHL rosters and they want to be draft or they want to be drafted. So, um, you know, they're going to be giving it their full, especially uh, the people that come, the teams coming over from Europe. They just want to show what they can do over here. So it's going to be very exciting. It is a little disappointing that, like, it's in Canada. So, like, usually those fans are crazy. They're, like, whenever it's in Canada, it's, like, a great tournament to watch because the fans are just going wild at everything. Every single game sold out. Uh, so it's going to be a little weird this year with no fans, but it'll still be a good tournament and uh, great hockey overall. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a unique feel without fans, but uh, I think it'll still, I think the players will still have the passion and the drive. I think the NHL playoffs were a little weird at first, but after like the first couple games, it kind of felt normal watching it. You know, the players were definitely, uh, there was no, uh, no one was holding back in terms of effort by any means because of the uh, the lack of fans and that thing. But uh, jumping in right to it, uh, do you want to start with the stop at the top or the bottom? Uh, let's start at the top. Uh, I guess we'll start at the top. You might as well go into it. Team Canada, the best team in the tournament, in my opinion, by far. The deepest team in the tournament, by far. The high-end players are the best in the tournament, by far. It's just, I mean, it's not really a surprise if you think about it. Canada's the favorite going in, but I, I think this Canada team is so deep. I think this Canada team is so talented, and I think they... Uh, I mean, they're the odds-on favorites to win it, and as they should be. There's uh, there's nothing about this Canada team that's a, that's, that's a weak link by any means. I'd say their goaltending might be, if I had to name something, there's a couple other countries that maybe are a little bit more versatile at that position. But uh, other than that, it's Canada, and then it's everyone else. Yeah, exactly. It's funny to think that Canada, like, they could be way better. Like, the players that they could add to their team if they wanted to, if they, if they were allowed to. Uh, like they could be way better than they actually are, even though I think I read they have 15 first round picks playing this year, which is the most they've ever had. Uh, so that's like scary. 20 first round. 20 first round. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> so that's absolutely absurd. Like you think about it, like their whole team is a first round pick pretty much. Um, so that's like, hopefully, I mean, sometimes you see like there's maybe too much talent on the team, but I, I doubt it. I mean, these kids probably all play together like their whole lives. So, um, they've def- they're definitely all like used to it, and um, it's gonna be super exciting watching them. I really feel bad for like the small country teams they gotta play uh, in the beginning of the tournament. Yeah, like we just mentioned, they have 20 first round picks this year. The uh, the last year I could go back finding the stat was 2004. Since 2004, the most they've ever had before this was 15. They've had around 10, 12 a couple times, but never higher than 15 20 of their 22 skaters on their roster are first round picks which is just insane to me it doesn't really seem real almost and like you said we're not even mentioning the fact that their 
would-be best player and probably Alexei Lafreniere is not even traveling to play because the Rangers wouldn't release him, which is a little bit unfortunate. I don't want to go too much into that. Obviously, Kako and Lafreniere, the Rangers didn't release either. The Devils didn't release Jack Hughes, other players too from other teams. But those are the big three that people mainly talked about. And uh, it does suck a little bit. We won't see them, but I still don't think Canada has any lack of talent on that team. Yeah, definitely not. They're, they're going to be outstanding, and uh, I'm very excited to see them play together. I mean, you go down the list and you look at this. You have Quinton Bafia, who was second overall this year. You got Kirby Doc, who obviously was great for Chicago Blackhawks in the NHL playoffs this last season, and now he's coming back and gets a chance to play in the World Juniors. I don't know the last time a player played a full season in the NHL and then was able to play in the World Juniors, probably because must have been the last time that probably happened was the lockout year. Because as long as the NHL season is going on, no team is going to just allow someone that's a key contributor of their team to go leave. So that's an unbelievable addition for for Team Canada. He has so much experience down the list. You have so many other first-rounders. Connor McMichael, Peyton Krebs, Dylan Holloway, Dawson Mercer, Alex Newhook. The list goes on and on. Before we even get to the defenseman, Bowen Byram, who I think is a stud. My favorite to be tournament MVP pre-tournament. you got other guys, first-rounders, Jamie Drysdale. Justin Barron, Caden Gooley, Thomas Harley. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. This is the deepest Canada team in recent memory for me. And, yeah, it's never really fun picking the favorite, but I'm picking Canada to win this year. And I don't think there's many teams that are even close, if we're being honest. I think there's other countries that the top six can come somewhat match up, but when you get down to the bottom six, you get down in the fifth and sixth defenseman. It's just it's not even close. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if – um, if I could put all the money in the world on Canada, I definitely would uh, to win this year. Yeah, they, you have those teams like Sweden, Russia, uh, Finland, and USA, obviously, who like are close, but like they're not that like they're not that close. They're way closer to each other than they are to Canada. And uh, I mean, you never know what can happen in these tournaments. Uh, like Finland always like they always surprise people. Uh, Sweden too. So uh, it's gonna be exciting. But um, I think Canada easily takes this tournament. Yeah, no arguments for me there. Uh, moving on, we'll do the Americans. I'd say thought in as most likely a top three finisher in the tournament. You have other countries, Russia, Finland, Sweden, we'll get into that are also very well-known hockey nations that have uh, very good teams as well. But uh, this U.S. team, bringing back a couple names for sure, most notably Cole Caulfield, Trevor Zegras, uh, Cam York, Spencer Knight is returning, so that's big for them. But uh, this team just doesn't have the depth to keep up with Canada, in my opinion. Uh, obviously, I'll be rooting for the U.S. as an American, as a big hockey fan. I always follow USA Hockey as much as I can, and I'd love to see them pull off an upset. But I just, I think this is a good team. I think they have a chance to definitely medal, most likely. Just not not gold. I think that's going to Canada. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, USA does have some huge names on the list as well that I look to have uh, look to be NHL players for a long time. But um, yeah, they're not as deep, like you said. Uh, there's overall like a good team. Like they're gonna be at uh, right around like bronze. If they were bronze or silver, I wouldn't be shocked at all. But like they usually with USA in these tournaments, like they're really good or they really disappoint you. So I'm um, hopefully they have a good um, opening round and uh, they can get some momentum. So if they, when they go to play Canada and uh, hopefully a medal round, uh, they get a good game out of it. But I don't really see them being uh, deep enough to compete with them. And they USA, I believe. Um, Beecher is not playing because of COVID reasons, so that's a big loss for them. He's one; of, he was on the team last year and is a good player for them last year. So it is weird COVID going on. They're missing some players as well. 
but yeah, USA just doesn't have the depth to keep up with them. This wouldn't be the first time, though, a so-thought-less-deep American team has gone on to upset Canada. We've seen it at so many different levels throughout. We've seen it at Olympic hockey. We've seen it at World Juniors. We've seen it at IHFs. You've seen American teams kind of rise up to the occasion against Canada, being it is their biggest rival. It is their biggest game every tournament. So you never know what's going to happen. Obviously, you know, it's hockey. Any team's got a chance any night. But uh, this Canada team is something special. Uh, moving on in terms of COVID restrictions, you might as well go into Sweden because I just I feel so bad for a country that's always so good in this tournament. They had that unbelievable streak of 56 straight wins in the preliminary rounds, and they just in terms of COVID, I just they're hit way harder than any other team, which is kind of a surprise. Thinking, oh, all country Sweden, you think the U.S. was with everything going on right here? You think we'd be the highest country in terms of uh, players out for COVID reasons? But uh, Sweden is missing their head coach, uh, Travin Monten, assistant coach, Ander Lumberg, goals coach, goalie, goalie coach, Nils Landon, potential first-rounder in this upcoming year, uh, William Eklund, Carl Henriksen, a 2019 second-rounder, William Wallander, the 32nd overall pick from this year's draft, and Abin Gurwi, 66th overall in 2019. And it is just so many names that they need on that team obviously your head coach is so important in a tournament like this a team or a situation where your team has been playing together for a full season you come together a month before the tournament say and you have to find a way to create chemistry find matching line pairings find all that all those connections and to not have that with your head coach there anymore is terrible uh carl henriksen was a huge player for them last year they're expecting wallander to be huge this year and then you have the main guys, I'd say, the most important players for Sweden, Alexander Holtz and Lucas Raymond, fourth and seventh overall this past draft that are going to need to carry so much weight. Yeah, exactly. There's high hopes for um, Holtz uh, this year. I've seen a lot of him going into his uh, second World Juniors. Uh, so, yeah, he's, like, there's so much. Like, obviously, Sweden's a deep team. They're one of the best hockey countries in the world. Uh, but, like, they're missing so much. Like, I don't know if they're going to keep up with the top teams this year uh, just because of everything going on with COVID around their team. And just it's absolutely brutal for them. It's a horrible time. Like, uh, like I feel, I bet those kids feel horrible because they all want to come over to North America and to show what they can do. And now they're um, like a lot of these kids are also just drafting the NHL already. So uh, like they're really disappointed. They probably can't come over and play. But uh, yeah, the top forwards left on Sweden really have to carry the whole team. Uh, but if, if they get stuck against like Team Canada or like a, U, a Team USA or, or Russia, like they're uh, it's going to be really tough. They're going to have to play uh, a very smart game to win uh, win those games. Exactly. Going into some more players, Sweden's losing real quick. You have Leafs prospect Rasmus Sandin, who aged out. Rangers prospect Nils Lundqvist aged out. Samuel Fogemo and Nils Hoglander, who's been unbelievable over in the SHL this year. I'm. Did you see the highlight of Nils Hoglander's through-the-legs goal from like last week it was? Unbelievable. Yeah, I did see that. that was, I couldn't believe that. That was crazy. Um um, yeah, I can watch that highlight all day. He pulled it off at such high speeds. That was, yeah, that was unbelievable. But uh, those are some key losses for them. Um, important names to know besides ones we mentioned. Philip Roberg's coming back, the Oilers' defensive prospect. Uh, Victor Soderstrom, Coyotes' prospect. Uh, and Tobias Bjornfoot are all returning, so those are big names for them. It's Sweden has the play, is at a place where they have enough talent to be good. They have enough talent to compete. But I think just... I think losing your coach, losing those depth guys, Carl Henderson was most likely going to center that first line this year with uh, 
center that first line with Holtz and Raymond, but obviously now that's not happening. It's such a bizarre situation. Uh, you have other guys down the list. Uh, Simon Holmstrom, kind of an off-the-board first-rounder. Uh, Noel Gunler, a Canes pick that kind of fell maybe a little bit lower than people thought. But I just I think in the end it's going to be too much for Sweden to overcome. I don't really see them going too far. I think any kind of medal for them would be great in this tournament considering what they've lost before it's even started. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be tough for them to keep up with the big teams. Uh, moving on next, we'll just go into Russia, and big news for Russia is three-time Stanley Cup champion with the Detroit Red Wings, Igor Larionov, is named their head coach, which I think is awesome for them. They're a team that kind of needs a new, fresh start in the world junior sense. They, they've they been disappointed with every performance they've had recently, whether it be losing in a medal round, not making a medal round, whatever it may be. They've just kind of been... I'm trying to remember the last time Russia won a gold off the top of my head now, and I'm not even sure when it is. But Yeah, it's going to be a minute. This is a team that needs to make a statement. This is a team that always has all the skill in the world. It's never shortness of skill coming out of there. They have most likely the best goaltender in the in the uh, tournament, besides maybe Spencer Knight and Yaroslav Oskarov, who had a very disappointing performance last year at this tournament as an underager. Uh, I think he needs to have a huge tournament for Russia to have a chance. But that being said, they're Russia. They're one of the best hockey nations. You can never really count them out. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, they... The thing with Russia always is like if if whenever they're down, like uh, you can't really count them out because of um, just like the offensive skill they have on their team every single year, uh, and you see with the offensive players in the NHL that they have as well. But um, uh, like some yeah things about them like they do get like hot headed, and when they like when they're losing, when they lose, uh, they're they're very vocal about it, and they definitely showed on the ice a lot of um, bad sportsmanship I see from like Team Russia over the past years. Um, but yeah, like that means that they just care so much about the game, and then when they don't win, they get very, very mad. And uh, it's not, it's kind of comical, but not really at the same time because uh, these kids have played the whole whole life for this tournament. But um, yeah, like you can never count the Russians out because the offensive skill they always have. Just and the, like a goalie this year, like they do have, like they do have, like definitely can't count him out. And hopefully, um, he's enough to beat Team Canada. Yeah, anyone that's watched hockey long enough knows that if you're st- if you have a goalie that gives you a chance to win, you have a chance every night. It's Regardless of the level of play, your goalie can keep you in any game. So this is a huge tournament for Askarov. He was, I don't know if you want to say reach, taken in as high as he did in the first round by Nashville, but he was projected to go around the mid-first round. But it just seems like when you reach on a goalie at that point, they have to turn into a stud or else you just really messed up. You, your first-round picks are so valuable these days. You can't let them go to waste with all the talent on the board. You're always finding people falling to like 24, 25 area that becomes studs. Someone like David Pasternak, Brock Besser, all these guys that fall to, fall to the mid-20s and are studs. If you're going to reach for a goalie, you have to make sure he's the right pick. And this is a huge tournament for him to prove that he was the right pick. Exactly. I can't wait to watch him. I mean, there's the last few Russian goalies have been unbelievable. So uh, can't, I'm expecting sort of the same thing with him. Uh, moving on, we'll go into, hop into Finland. And biggest news for them, similar to Canada's biggest news and the U.S. not use, is their biggest news is most likely their best player, Capo Caco, will not be in attendance, will not be playing because the New York Rangers did not allow a – Allow him to go and play there, considering the NHL is starting up. They're going for mid-January. I think the 13th is the exact date. So they want NHL franchises want their guys there for training camp. But uh, that's a pretty big loss for Finland. You could argue 
in terms of depth that Kako to Finland was arguably more important than Lafreniere to Canada or Jack Hughes to the U.S. because of how deep the Canada and U.S. teams already are without those names. Finland's a team that would desperately need this kind of guy. They've been relatively uh, let down by some of their biggest prospects. Uh, Atu Ratti, one of their biggest names, a 2021 draft prospect, originally thought maybe a year or two ago to be the first pick in this draft, is now projected around seven or eight in most mocks, wasn't even invited to their selection camp. So I don't know what to think of this Finland team. Every year, though, there's some Finland player that kind of just catches your eye, like, all right, this kid's a straight stud that maybe you didn't know of. But uh, not Finland, definitely not Finland's deepest team, and they'll, uh, they'll, they'll need some things to go their way to make a run in this tournament. Yeah, for sure. But uh, with Finland, I just always love the way they play. They, they never have a, a roster that like, jumps out on you. Like Obviously, like, uh, they have had Capo Kako in the past. Like If he was on their team right now, he'd be the best player on that team uh, by a mile. Uh, but like they, they just play like such as a team. They play so well together. Uh, it's kind of like they've been playing forever. Uh, unlike some of the other teams that they just put together at the last moment. Um, but like, uh, and they're always excited. They always like they always shock me. Like I, they beat USA a couple times. Well, I thought there's no way they beat that team. But um, like they in every single year it looks like they can win the tournament. I don't know, but this year's because everything's a little weird. Uh, and Canada's team is so stacked. Uh, I don't know if they can keep up with them. But it'd be awesome if they did. I'd love to see it. Uh, I, if USA doesn't win, I always root for Finland, it seems like. So um, um, if USA doesn't have it, hopefully Finland does. Yeah, some quick names or notable names to keep an eye on in terms of Finland. They got Brad Lambert's probably their most their biggest name you can think of. He's a 2022 prospect, uh, already playing in Finland's Liga against grown men. So the ability to do that being 16 years old is crazy. He's got dynamic talent one of the one of the best prospects for that 2022 draft which I know is so far away when you're thinking in terms of prospects but uh the fact that this kid's doing that already in that league the fact he'll be playing for Finland in this tournament's unbelievable he's probably their biggest name and then Emil Vera was also a very important name for them he kind of he was a third round pick of Detroit seeming like an absolute steal just this is your classic Finland Swedish type defenseman not gonna overwhelm you with size or anything like that but just so smart so good with his stick and make that first pass out of the zone he'll be huge for their getting their offense going and shutting their teams down yeah exactly i can't wait uh to watch the, the top players on finland play and as uh like they get a lot to prove uh so hopefully they can make some noise in this tournament moving on next we'll go into the czech republic i guess this is a team that every year you kind of hope that this team can take that jump. Like, you want to see them medal. They're a team that's always right around the brisk of it. They're right on the edge of not being a five, like one of the major five nations in terms of hockey. But uh, they've produced some great talent over the years. Obviously, most notably right now, you have David Pasternak, but there's other Czechs in the NHL that are doing great. Martin Havlat, uh, David Krejci, Philip Heedles, to name a few. There's much more down the list. But this team, again, you, you want to see them succeed. You don't know how truly deep they are uh best players Cadian's prospect john messiah uh most likely be that first line center but when you look down this list there's not a bunch of names that really stick out to you off the top of your head so i i, I don't think this is a metal team this year but uh, i think it'd be cool to see them kind of shock the world type thing yeah for sure i mean uh they're like one of those teams like they have a couple players like obviously can play the top level that will play in the nhl uh, they just don't have the depth like they their bottom their bottom six fours and their bottom 
uh, three defensemen are just uh, not as good as the top players on their team. So it's really hard for them to stay competitive throughout the whole tournament. But, I mean, uh, if they come together with a good game plan, uh, they could definitely uh, shock a couple teams and make the tournament very interesting. Um, so if they get up early as well, like they could definitely shut it down. Uh, they do have some players that are capable of this uh, playing really good defensively. So um, you never know in these tournaments. Exactly. Moving on now, we're going to go over Germany. Uh, a team that is uh, it's very unfortunate in terms of what happened to them with COVID and in terms of NHL releasing players and not. They're a team that I think really could have shocked someone with all their guys, but unfortunately it's just not not going their way right now. One of their most important prospects, Lucas Reichel, who just went 17th of the Blackhawks, COVID, will not be participating in the tournament. And then I'd say probably even a bigger loss than that is Detroit not releasing Moritz Cedar. Uh, that's going to be tough for them. Moritz Cedar was their best defenseman last year. He averaged just under a point per game as a defenseman on a not-that-stacked team. But, uh, I mean, you still have Tim Stutzla, who's going to be the guy. That's the one everyone wants to see in terms of them. You have John Jason Patrika. You have other names of guys that are, are very capable hockey players and, and could be very good NHL one players one day, and you really hope that they can carry that Germany offense. But, again, similar to the other teams we've talked about, the depth's just not there. I don't think they last too long. Uh, the, the loss of Cedar is just... It, it might be too much to overcome because he was going to be their guy playing most likely around 20, 25 minutes every game against every team's best line. And you just you lose out on your Victor Hedman. You lose out on your Roman Yossi. It's type like that. It's hard to win like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you would have said like even like three, four years ago, Germany would have, have the ability to have like six, seven like could potential studs in the NHL would have laughed at you. But yeah, I've heard last World Juniors, um, they like – they obviously weren't the best, one of the best teams, but they hung into like the games. Like they played, uh, they played some of the top teams really well. Like I was like really shocked, but obviously like uh, without having the depth, they fall off a little bit. And this year, yeah, like you said, missing a couple key players that had the that had the potential to be on this team is really gonna hurt them. So they have a bunch of young guys uh, this year, but it looks like ho- hockey in Germany is definitely getting better. Always really good for the sport. It's gonna cause a lot uh, more competition years pe- and in uh, future years so i'm definitely excited for them so if they if they end up losing some games by like seven eight goals this year uh, i don't think it's gonna i don't think it's gonna affect them that much they'll be right back next year yeah exactly and just real quick but to mention uh thought to be starting goalie tobias annika along with also nino kinder and elias linder are also all covid out for the tournament so that's tough anytime you lose your thought to be starting goalie and your thought to be best, well, your guaranteed best defenseman. That's tough to overcome, along with Reichel, who we said, who's one of their best forward. Uh, I am looking forward to seeing Stutzla in this tournament, though. Uh, I have such high hopes for this kid, and I think he's going to be a great player for Ottawa. I loved that pick for them at the time. They were able to get him at three. Uh, they obviously kind of unfortunate getting missed out on the first pick, having two chances at it. But uh, Stutzla's a great young player who I think can be great for them. Uh, moving on now is Austria. My team, I have at eight. I think they're – you're going to find one or two guys every year. Like this year, it's Marco Rossi. That's their guy. They always have some kind of player that's like, all right, he's a little bit inclined in terms of the rest of that team. But I feel just like kind of a broken record repeating this again. It's going to be the depth is going to be their issue. Uh, I just don't think they – I think Marco Rossi is, you know, a skilled 
he'd be. I think Marco Rossi makes Team Canada. If that's what you want me to say. Like, I think he's good enough to play on any team in this tournament. But I think after him, it's just such a steep fall off that it's just going to be too much for them to overcome. Yeah, exactly. Not much to say about Austria. I mean, uh, they they they're they're like top three players are definitely players that can make ninety uh, percent of the teams in this ninety nine percent of the teams in this uh, tournament. So. Um, but like they like again like kind of like Germany they fall off and they're not gonna be able to compete uh, past the second the second half of the game they'll all be dead uh, dead tired so um, but what it's a good thing for them just means uh, they can come back next year and uh, like make some noise uh, but the, if if they keep uh, staying in these tournaments obviously hockey is getting better and better in those countries so I'd love to see it uh, just keeps more competition for the future. Yeah, exactly. Uh, moving on next, we have Slova- uh, Slovakia, a team that I think is kind of, I don't want to say regressed, but in terms of what Germany has been able to do in terms of producing talent lately, even Czech Republic, I feel like Slovakia was kind of used to be that sixth country behind the major five, but I just don't feel like it's quite that way anymore. The uh, The level of NHL talent they've produced has certainly started to kind of creep off the edge. And again, in this tournament, there's really no uh, no names that will really shock you, and uh, I don't have I don't have very much hope for this team. Yeah, me either. Especially if I believe they're in the, a group with like uh, Canada and Finland, so uh, it's uh, tough for them. Like they're gonna play some tough games right off the start right to start the tournament, and uh, like yeah, like they don't have the depth to compete with the big teams, so it's gonna be tough for them. Uh, but yeah, exactly what you were saying earlier with like the NHL depth, like NHL talent. They don't. Uh, if you look look at the NHL players, you see less and less. It seems like coming from Slovakia every year, um, if any are being drafted at the moment. But it's so it's a little crazy. But hopefully they can pick it back up. But they used to be right up there in Finland, I would say, in Czech Republic. So uh, hopefully they can bring that back. Uh, something interesting about the Czech team or the Slovakia team, by apologies, is. Say his name is Maxim Kalchenvik. Uh, a lightning prospect was sent home from camp for reportedly laying dirty hits on his teammates during a scrimmage, which is just, I mean, that's that's all you need to hear in terms of what that locker room is probably like right now. Obviously, him being sent home probably helps it a little bit, but that's not something you want to hear for a team going into a tournament. Yeah, it's a little absurd. Their two best prospects are Columbus prospects Samuel Kanzico and Martin Krimakak of the Kings. Uh, I don't, I said, I'm not going to really go into much more about this team. They're bottom five team in the tournament, in my opinion, for sure. I don't, I don't see them doing much. Uh, moving on now, we got Switzerland's the last team we'll talk about today. Uh, again, once you get down to this part of the tournament, these teams, I don't want to say you're not playing for gold because that just doesn't sound like, obviously that's not their mindset in their locker room, but I think realistically, like, these teams aren't playing for gold. I think any kind of medal for any one of these teams you just listed is a great accomplishment. It's just you get to a certain point where your top players will be good, even though there's really no one on this team that I really put anywhere near a Canadian player. But it's in terms of just like the amount of hockey in the nations, like you never like these countries really never have a chance to match Canada talent wise or Russia or US or anything like that. So it just kind of seems like they're more playing not to get relegated, if you ask me. So I, I like Switzerland in terms of the fact that they've produced 
good NHL talent out of nowhere. Like Nico Heischer, first overall pick, was a Switzerland player. That's great for them, huge for their growing the game out there. I just don't think this team, looking at the names here, it's nothing that jumps off the page to me. I don't, I don't like them to do anything in this tournament. Yeah, exactly. They're just like um, uh, some of the other bomb teams, like at like. They're not gonna like. I don't. They're not gonna beat one of the big guys. Like if they do, there's a complete shocker. And the I'm guessing uh, uh, Switzerland's goalie is gonna have 50, 60 saves if they if they end up winning a, a game against one of the big teams. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's just fun to be in the tournament for them. I'm guessing. Like obviously, they have some good players. that have high hopes of playing in the NHL and having good NHL careers, or, or even playing like the Sweden Elite League or um, KHL, something like that. So like they they want to show their best so they can get some get paid playing hockey so that's probably like the biggest reason uh, they're there and they're just gonna try to try their hardest so they can uh, so they can excel in one of those leagues or even the NHL. Yeah, exactly. Other than that, we'll just give our final predictions for the tournament and then we can wrap up. Uh, I'm assuming we'll have a consensus answer here. Like I said earlier, picking the favorites never fun, but I'm doing it. I'm picking Canada. I think they're the best team by a lot. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Canada, uh, 20 first-round picks, like, that's insane. Like, their whole roster is first-round picks. Like, every time you're on the ice, you're playing at least against three of them. So that's this crazy thing about. Uh, yeah, in terms of Group A winner, uh, yeah, it's probably a little biased. I'll probably t- I'll take the U.S. as my Group A winner. You have Russia there. You have Sweden, Czech Republic, and Austria, the other teams in that, in that group. But uh, I think U.S., Especially once that once we consider it all in what happened to Sweden in terms of COVID and coaches missing, players aging out, it just seems like Sweden's kind of in a letdown spot. Again, you never know with them. They're just such a such a consistent team. I could still see them laying out a great road and making it to the medal round, no problem. But I'm taking US to win Group A or Group B. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, just I might have probably gone with Sweden to be honest. If uh, if they're completely healthy and they're all there. Uh, but I'm gonna have to go with the U.S. I mean, they have uh, too much talent, and then uh, obviously you can always Russia is right there as well. But uh, I just love when the USA beats Russia. It's it's just so fun to watch. I just, I, I just love it. So um, so I have U.S. winning Group B as well. And then I'm assuming we both just said they're probably won the tournament. We both have Canada for Group A. So I'll I'll go Canada wins the gold. U.S. takes. The silver, I'll say they lose to Canada in the gold medal game, and then I'll give. I don't want to be too mainstream and say Russia again. I want to. I want to have a somewhat off the board pick here, but there's really, like I said, there's the teams that I'd like in terms of off the board, and specifically Germany. You're getting just because that Moritz Cedar was a huge loss for them. Lucas Reichel, another big loss. I don't know if they can overcome those. Um, I'm going to go with Sweden just because I don't want to take the top three favorites as it turns into three, but I think Russia is probably a better team than them. But uh, it's hockey. Anything can happen, and Sweden's a team that no matter the circumstance, they'll play till the end. Just a, a proud hockey nation that never really never quits, so I don't think that's a bad pick at all. Yeah, for sure. I think there's four teams that can finish uh, like uh, for the bronze, but I think I'm going to go with uh, Finland, to be honest. Uh, I, just like the, I just like their roster. I like the way they play, and they, they feel like, like I said earlier, they always look like, they played together forever, uh, so I think um, like they can beat like they can take on Russia uh, just because Russia doesn't really play a defensive game. They need to they need to win these tournaments. So I got uh, I got Finland taking the bronze, with USA taking the silver, and Canada obviously gold. Okay, it's a relatively consensus there. I like it. Um, 
any names also you want to throw out there? Just a specific player to watch we didn't talk about or anything like that before we uh, before we head off? Uh, um, the only guy I'm looking for with the Team USA is, like, obviously, I, w- I want to see uh, Cole Caulfield. Um, like, I've seen him play many times, like, obviously, in, in juniors and then college, he lights it up. But I've, uh, I've, I just want to see him, like, excel in this tournament, especially uh, in big games against, like, uh, Russia and Canada. I, I, I never really met, see, I feel like he didn't play that great uh, against the big, in the big games last year. So I want to see him this year really step up. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Trevor Zegers does again. Uh, I thought he was far and away the U.S.'s best player last year. Nine points in five games, all assists. But they were, I mean, there's no, very few, if any, cheap secondary assists in there. There are no look spin around us, just finessing, tossing through guys type stuff. So he was uh, he was great for them. I thought he was by far their best player, and he's seeming like an absolute steal right now at nine for Danaheim if he turns into the player everyone thinks he is. And the way he showed last year, he's 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 my guy for the U.S. to watch for sure. Um, my Canada guy, like I said, my MVP pick for the tournament is Bowen Byram. Do you have an MVP pick? Not yeah, I gotta watch a couple games, then I'll then I'll I'll, I'll see what we're what we're dealing with. I haven't, I haven't really looked over anyone. No one's really jumped out, but I'm I'm guessing someone on Canada. Uh, I just want to see like the line combinations. Fair enough. We'll be bringing you guys another episode, one more during the tournament. This is our pre-tournament episode, and then we'll do a post-tournament episode as well. Uh, Other than that, I hope you guys enjoyed this, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Have a good one, guys.